life wasn't about what I wanted to do, it's what I needed to do. So things changed. So it wasn't about career-wise, it was just, how am I gonna make money? How am I going to provide? That was the age and that was where my circumstances had led me to. So I didn't really have the luxury to sit at home or after my GCSEs to be like, oh yeah, like I wanna maybe study this because I can see myself. It's like, oh shit, like I ain't got nowhere to live. So <laughs> I need to pattern that. Hello everybody, good morning, good afternoon, good evening and welcome to 1000 Voices. If it's your first time here, welcome. This is 1000 Voices where we are on a mission to interview 1000 inspirational Black Britons. Now today I'd like to welcome my very lovely guest, the media personality, hosting, presenting, podcasting extraordinaire, Miss <laughs> Monica Lee. Oh wow, what an <laughs> intro, hello. Hello, how are you doing today? I'm amazing, thank you. Even great now that I'm just sitting next to you, like that intro just made me feel really great. Oh, Inspirational, is that good. what you're saying to me, Mara? Yeah, 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 for sure, for <laughs> sure, man. Like, it's good to have you here. Thank and, you. you know, I wanted to say this before we started, yep. now we're on air, I might sound a bit stalkerish, I hope I don't. <gasps> like, but we've, we've met before. When? Ah, oh, you don't remember. Talk to me, was I sober? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't, it was the first time I ever, it was the only other time I've ever met you. Okay. It was time back. It was like, I can't even remember what year. It must have been, we're in 22, eight, seven years ago. Or wow. Was that a fashion show? Okay. And I hosted, was that an nah, event I hosted or I was just You there? weren't hosting, you were just there. Okay. It was time. This is when I used to be in, when I used to work in fashion and do my oh, wow. fashion. Time okay. back. And then we even, because we even swapped details there. Yeah. We spoke quite a bit. Because before, so before this podcast, I was looking at my phone thinking, did we meet? I was, I was like in two minds myself and I checked and I had your number on my phone. Oh, wow. But I didn't want to do the texting <laughs> after seven, eight years thing That's like, me. hey, remember me? Is it the same <laughs> number? I'm like, 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 what's up, who that? <laughs> so, but yeah, lovely to have oh, you here wow. again. Oh, thank yeah. you. Let me reintroduce myself. I'm Monica. <laughs> cool, cool. I was going to say that actually. So before, for people who may not know who yeah. you are, do you mind giving us a quick introduction and also tell us why you do what you do? Okay, so I'm Monica Lee. I am a presenter, media personality. I DJ, I create content. I just do what fits right with my soul and that aligns with my morals. And I'm just out here just showing young black women that you can do whatever you put your mind to and that I am a living proof that through hard work, consistency, and trust me, <laughs> a lot of grinding, yeah? And a lot of broke days, you can get, you can get somewhere. That's it, that's it. I know you've been grinding. You said that yesterday you were out hosting till yes. late, right? And you, you seem like you host a lot, innit? Yeah, like God is good all the time. Yeah, um, yeah. So last night I had the pleasure to host um, the Elephant. I don't know if you've heard about the Elephant Room. So the Elephant nah. Room, they do an event, um, OMM, One Month Mentors, where they mentor people within the industry, creative, or just those that just really need mentors. Um, and there's this amazing lady called Shani. She created the initiative. It's been like three years running. And she asked me to come down to interview one of my biggest inspirations, Trevor Nelson. Whoa. So last night was a big one for me. Try to keep that quiet. I know, I was like, last night I was hosting. <laughs> Try to do like, a humble thing. Come I, was just, I was just in a little, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so yeah, so that was a great night. And I'm literally still buzzing. And I'm like, yep, he Sick. dropped some gems. I'm just like, okay, cool, I got this. And then I got a message and he told me that I'm a star. So I'm like, okay, maybe this thing is for me then. Oh, <laughs> nice, perfect, perfect. Thank you for that. So Thanks. to kick things off, mm-hmm. I like to always start off with childhood and then we move into what you do now and all of okay. that. But let's start off with your childhood. 
Can you paint a picture as to what your childhood looked like? You know, where you grew up and what the environment was like for you? Oh, wow. Can you believe I didn't start, like, I didn't learn how to actually talk, use my voice until I was maybe like four and that's 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 it's like your day job now and that's what i I can't (laughs) stop chatting now like honestly so when that was happening my mom was like oh my gosh um, maybe my daughter will never talk so i was talking to a friend the other day and she was like she had selective mutism when she was younger so she would choose when she wanted to talk and a lot of people didn't hear her speak at all and i was like oh my gosh i think that was me but i don't know what was going on in my head but Mm. i was just completely mute and then she's like you know what i'm gonna send this lady this young girl this babes to jamaica and just hopefully she can maybe be around young children or something so my upbringing was in jamaica for majority of my years. So I went to Jamaica when I was like a baby, came back, done a bit of primary school, and then I went back to Jamaica and finished um, the rest of my primary years from like year three up until year six. Then I came back to um, England and went to secondary school in yeah. South London, St. Martin's, zup, zup, like, <laughs> got myself babes. <laughs> but yeah, I went to an all girls school and I got there, what is it, year eight? So I jumped, cause in Jamaica, the years and the age is different. So yeah. me being in year five in England, that means they will put me a year back. So I'll be in year four. Mm. Just a bit, yeah. But because I was from England, they were like, mm, I don't think this girl was smart at all. We've heard about English. Yeah, mm. the education isn't it. So they actually put me two grades back. So when I went to Jamaica, I kicked off from grade three instead of actually being in grade four, year three, year four. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then so you come back here and you well, jumped into year eight. So you what, you're 13? Yeah, 13. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, 13, just sound like that, yeah. Exactly. So that's the age you normally start secondary school, 13. Right, right. 13, 14. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, we leave around 17, 18. So, um, but in Jamaica, I was outside. Okay, when I say outside, <laughs> I was outside from a young age. And when I said that, I used to join a lot of beauty pageants. Okay. So I won like about three beauty pageants. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like Little Miss Black River. So okay, in Jamaica you got Jamaica. We all know the main capital, which is Kingston. Yeah. Like everyone. Yeah. And then we have parishes, which will be like our cities yeah. over here. Yeah. So I'm from Saint Elizabeth. Then in that parish you have a town. I'm from Black River. So I won that Little Miss Black River. Then I won Little Miss Saint Elizabeth. So I started from the town. Then I went into this um, the parish. And then the next step would be like the whole of Jamaica kind of vibes. But then I left mm. before all of that happened. Yeah. But yeah, so I was very accustomed to being in front of the crowds and doing what I do best, speaking and just having confidence. Mm. So that really helped to shape who I am today. Do you feel like all those the beauty pageants that you're doing in Jamaica um, was very, is that where you sort of learned that, okay, now this is what I want to do. I want to be in front of crowds and speaking and no you know it was just like how can i explain it It was more like confidence boosting and it was just having amazing teachers around that showed me that there's different avenues being a child that you can have fun and you can delve into different um paths and my thing wasn't i'm gonna get into this because i want to show people that i'm beautiful it was more like you learning a skill do you know what i mean um it was a lot of like general knowledge questions it was just a way to be able to challenge myself and it kept me very disciplined and also, um, it just really helped me to build rapport with people. I know thinking at a young age, rapport, but communication skills, being able to 
suss out my competition. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Knowing how to act and how to be able to behave as a, a young girl growing up and what was acceptable and what wasn't. Learning how to speak and to pronounce my words, and mm. which I still do badly because I come back to ends and then I started picking up <laughs> slangs. Um, but that was the vibes. I think it was more about discipline. It was more about building um, with your community and being a part of a community. And that really helped to just shape me and I loved what it came with. I got money. I won money oh. for like my grand, like people, my mum, my, my dad was proud of me. Uh, my whole school was proud of me because I was now representing them. So it showed me that I had to ensure that my image that I portray out there had to be on job because I wasn't just representing myself. I was representing a whole school, if not a whole, a whole parish. So that really taught me a lot of, you know, discernment and mm. <laughs> how mm. to move and navigate now um, within the industry. Yeah. It's uh, mad, I didn't clock until now I'm talking to you. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like reflective, isn't it? Yeah, it's mad, because you don't think about it, you just do it, innit? It's like you're young, you're like, oh my gosh, I can win money. Yeah, and then yeah. I like, oh, like people are gonna like me and I can get friends because they were bullying me because I was an English girl. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so for yeah. me, I felt like I was building a reputation and that made me feel nice, you know? That's, that's interesting. You know, like with one of my friends, he grew up in Uganda mm -hmm. and he came over here. And he was saying, like, when he was in Uganda, there was another English guy, well, someone that grew up in England yeah. and went to school in Uganda, and they used to make fun of him because he was an English guy. Yeah. And then it's funny because here it's the other way around. If you're the, the fresh person that's come from the Caribbean or from Africa, then they're going to make fun of you. That was it. So I had it two times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was bullied on both times. <laughs> but here we are now. Yeah. So what was that change like here? Yeah, so you're, done, you're doing the beauty pageants and all that, mm -hmm. and you're becoming more confident, yep. speaking, being in front of crowds and that kind of thing. Then you transitioned over to the UK. I know you said you went south, St. Martin's, I'm guessing. Yep. Guessing is a multicultural school. Yeah, um, predominantly black though. Yeah, but well, so like, it's a different culture completely. Yeah, hundred percent. Did did you still bring that? What was the change like? Did you would you still bring that confidence? Self nah, school, man. I think when I first kicked off, I remember my friends still teased me up to this day. And I know if you're listening, it's not every day in it, but this this <laughs> is what happens. So, like in Jamaica. Whenever a teacher is speaking to you or anyone of importance or status, you have to stand up. So every time I ask a question, I had to stand up, pull my chair back and answer that question. So obviously I came to school now over here. Trust me now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I think, what did I say? Um, the teacher was like, hi, like, introduce yourself. This is a new student. Da -da 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 -da. Mm. Um, so I got up now, confidence on 100. I'm like, hello, like, I'm not going to do the accent because uh, we're not doing that right now. <laughs> so I'm like, hi, I'm XYZ. I've come from Jamaica. I'm here to get a better education. That was the line. Stood up, chair yeah, back. Yeah. Everyone's looking at me like, what are you doing, bro? Like, <laughs> who stands up in a class like yeah. and posture all straight? Then everyone laughed at me and I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe this isn't, do you know what I mean? So mm. coming from a very, very disciplined proper on job like them them days you're getting beatings in it in classes yeah. <laughs> i don't think it happens anymore now <laughs> but if i say something my hands are out rulers and belts that was mm. what i was getting so to come over here things were relaxed and i feel like my accent as well it wasn't well received i was just that new person i didn't create that you know that friendship group from year seven where we all was just trying to figure it out i just literally jumped in and it was so hard for me to find my feet like I went through different friendship groups, I think for the whole four years until I was able to kind of solidify and cement certain things and just be like, okay, this is me. But 100%, I definitely felt like it was a journey, a lot of changing of personality to fit into what I think was the core cool crowd or what I thought was 
I don't know, would accept me. It's quite interesting as well when you talk about where you stood up and introduced yourself. Yeah. Like, I'm here to get a bit educa- yeah. better education. It's like back home or back in the Caribbean. I know it's back, I'm from Ghana originally. Yeah. Back there. Zup, zup. Yeah, zup, zup. Love, I don't love my <laughs> Yeah, we're the best, aren't we? It's after Jamaica. But you know, like, well, back home in Ghana, mm-hmm. education is like, mm-hmm. ev- not, that, not that I grew up there, but then, you know, parents come over, education is so, so key. Oh, exactly. Then the way you talk is that the same back in, uh, back in Jamaica, education is like the thing. And then you come over here and everything's a lot more lax. Yeah. Like, were you, when you came over and you're still trying to, you know, you're trying to find yourself and all that kind of thing, was you, how was, in school, was education still, was it important for you? Was it something that you took very seriously? Um, I was lost. I can't lie because, because, I didn't do all, like I think in like year seven, you're meant to do certain tests that will help you to put you in certain groups or I don't know, for them to at least have some sort of understanding of where your place, intelligent wise, are you in the top group, middle group, you know, they used to have foundation group, whatever it was. And I think me coming in year eight, coming from Jamaica, they have a different curriculum. Coming to here, the curriculum is, I was confused. I didn't know what I should be doing, the teachings. Like if I'd done things my way, how I was taught, that wasn't the right way. You know, back then, like you're mm. doing maths, it's like, it wasn't the answer you was getting, the right answer for, do you know what I mean? It had to yeah. be the whole steps. So for me, that was a lot. And I think when I came, I think in year nine, you had to take a test in order to know what group you're gonna yeah. go into, sorry. Um, and they put me in like the fourth group or the fifth group. And I was just like, raw like in Jamaica, I was like first set, I was getting hundred percent. I was I was out here like I was smart, do you know what I mean? Not the smartest, but I could do what I could do. If you weren't the smartest to get hundred percent, who yeah, was? But, no, no, no. There's, but they're like hundred percent ish in it, like on certain yeah. subjects. But it was just yeah. them smart ones that were just getting hundred percent, just even talking. Like yeah. you know, the ones where it's like I had to work hard. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I had to apply yeah. myself. If I didn't apply myself, that would be yeah. fifteen. So. um so yeah, I think they put me in a fourth group. Um, and that time my teacher, Mr. Dudley, big up Mr. Dudley, he was a Jamaican man as well with dreads. Um, and I was in that class like, rah, like, are you lot telling me that I'm not smart enough? Do I belong here? There was so many things. And I think they've done the same in science and it was the same in um, English as well. And I lost a lot of confidence because I'm like, I can't do it the way you want me to do it. It's just not working for me. So that was the whole thing, whatever. And I think by the end of year nine, year 10, I think I got my confidence back. I think I invested, my mum invested in a tutor or something. Cause I'm like, it's just not working. It's not giving. So you feeling that you're not smart enough. You're not going to want to work hard enough. I don't even, I even find all of those, little, like them classes in on where to play. All of that's just not it for me because that ties into a lot of people feeling that they're inadequate. And that's how I felt. So, um, and I don't know what happened, but something spun, something. Year 10, and I think everyone was failing, like <laughs> everyone. I don't know what happened. So there was that one test that was like, everyone was doing, I think it was, what's that before GCSEs? There was a mock, like oh, the mock yeah. ones and whatever. And they used the mock to put everyone in groups. So I think it was year 10, we'd done a mock. And I think I've got like the highest. I don't know what happened, but I got the highest. And then I was shot, um, shot up to the first set in maths, shot up to the first set in science, shot up to the first set in English. Everything just kind of changed. And I think that's also helped me. But it took me, what, two and a half years to kind of do that. So, yeah, I was definitely lost for a while. And I just enjoyed just, I don't know, just trying to pass, which was for me just to see, just so that no one. But in the end, I got a couple, couple things. Nice. But, yeah, that was a journey. It was definitely like an uphill one. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. When in the youth, anyway, like with a lot of people, with everyone, I guess actually, it's all it's a time where you're trying to find yourself. Mm-hmm. Where like, and with you, especially coming from Jamaica, yeah. After everybody's already formed their friendship groups, yeah. and that kind of thing, you're might even take you a bit longer or might be a bit more difficult to find yourself you're coming you've got accent you might not know the culture like Zippo. that you know what I'm saying? so um but yeah no it's interesting it's always interesting to get that context behind yeah. people and it's interesting to hear about your journey with like being confident coming here trying to find that confidence yep. and now doing your hosting thing and all yeah, that yeah i know but right what, what was the what was the plan back then like what did you want to be when you were in school um oh what did i want to be i don't think i even knew what i wanted to do i think mm. I got like bare good grades in science or something. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do chemistry. I was, I was just that person and like, oh, I got good grades. Then I'm just going to go college. And I think I done like chemistry, psychology. Chemistry, I failed miserably. <laughs> I don't even <laughs> think I got an AS in that. Who knows? But, um, and then college, I was a bit lost because a lot of things were going on in my life at the moment. So I think the age 15, 16, life wasn't about what I wanted to do. It's what I needed to do. So things changed. So it wasn't about career wise. It was just, how am I going to make money? How am I going to provide? That was the age and that was where my circumstances had led me to. So I didn't really have the luxury to sit at home or after my GCSEs to be like, oh yeah, like I want to maybe study this because I can see myself. It's like, oh shit, like I ain't got nowhere to live. So <laughs> I need to pattern that. So my, I don't think I actually done that. It's not until I got to uni, I was like maybe probation. Mm. Um, and that's where I was, but that still was a bit hazy. So yeah, don't think I actually had like where I wanted to be. I just know I wanted to do something in it. But then, so would you say that period, that period in time of your life, that college kind of 16 yeah. to 18 period was like a key pivotal moment in your life? Yes, 100%, but not for the great reasons. Now looking back yeah. at it, I'm like, oh, wow. But it was just survival. I think during those stages, just all about surviving and just making sure that no one saw me I don't know, in a light that would be demeaning or that would show pity or show anything. So, yeah, I feel like those years I was just living a lie for me anyways. I was just getting on with yeah. stuff. Do you mind expanding? You don't have to necessarily go into details. Yeah. You don't feel comfortable with that. But more so like what that period of time taught you about yourself and yeah, how you grew as a person then. Um, so during that period, it taught me resilience. Resilience. So during six and eighteen, like my mom got sick and we just lost everything. So it taught me. So that was that moment in my life was all about resilience. It was all about just kind of just making sure that my head is above water every day. That was the kind of vibes for me. And able to get a good job so that I'll be able to provide. But then I don't know, my mind was doing somersaults because even though I wanted a job to provide, I realized that having a job that gives me one paycheck a month ain't gonna be it, because my mom done that and it never worked for her. Does that make sense? So yeah. I was just kind of figuring it out. I think I was in college for like three years and I wasn't gonna go uni. I didn't even know that uni was something that I could even accomplish. And then big up to that one teacher. It's always that one teacher, that black one, yeah. woman, man. Yeah, yeah. Knew him, knew we need, him. We need his one. That one teacher, mm-hmm. like, honestly, I'm telling you, there was this one teacher that was like, I think it was March. And she's like, you know, you can apply for you. And I'm like, you're chatting shit. Can I swear? Yeah, yeah. I was like, you're chatting shit. Voices, man. Your okay. voice. <laughs> I was like, you're chatting shit. I can't, I can't get into uni. Like, I came out of, I went to Christ the King first. And I came out with two C's. So C's in performing arts and C in psychology. And all my friends are getting like A stars and A's and B's, sorry. And then I was like, but you need three A levels to get to uni. So I was like, yes, yeah. so I went to another uni, Newham. That's when I moved to East from South. And then she's like, yeah, you can do with two A's. Two A-levels and one AS. I'm like, what? 
And then she helped me to do my personal statement. And I think I went through clearance. Like I didn't even apply. I don't know, I just went through clearance to get thingy. I don't think I even had my top choices or anything like that. Um, sorry. And that was the vibe. Like that was how it was. So I think during those stages, it was just, I just needed to do something, stay busy, stay occupied, keep my mind going. We was getting that EMA there. So let's get some money. Let's just live. And I was working part-time as well. Like, let me be there to help my mum in it. That was my main priority and make sure that she's good. And as things progress, then we'll see where we go from there really. But there weren't no big ambition to do anything mad. Mm. So then where did the hosting come into it then? Like the hosting, what, what came from hosting presenting? I guess it's all kind of wrapped into one ball, but where, how did that start? So went to uni now, went DMU, whoop, 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 Leicester. <laughs> yeah. I partied my life. Um, that was the best choice. I left London. I needed to leave London. Left London, um, big up to my godfather, rest in peace. He literally paid for my like uni. You know, back then you had to have uni accommodation. Everything yeah. had to be paid for. Yeah. I wasn't meant to be at uni. So there was no, sa <laughs> we never had savings. There was no yeah. savings. There was no preparation. Literally, he just said, okay, cool. I'll give you how many, whatever grands to just set up and do what you need to do. Um, that was uni, went to uni for three years done criminology and criminal justice. So I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do probation. Left uni and there's this thing called post-grad depression. It is real. <laughs> it is real. That place where you're confused. So um, that happened and then I got really ill. That's a whole story for a whole nother day. But I think uni made me ill um, and I was diagnosed with a whole new thing. Some long-term illness, whatever that, that we're still kicking right now. And I was out of it for like maybe nearly a year to two years. Bruh. I was like gone, like low key. I was on like bare steroids. So I put on like loads of, like literally I put on loads of weight. So many things happened. It's not like I put on weight because I was just out here eating and very happy and very, cause I'm here for it, it? Like, mm -hmm. I'm, anyways, I've had my journey, but it's like something has come into my life and literally just switched it around 24 seven. I didn't even see it coming. And during that moment, I was like, this ain't for me. Like working for another person, I, I don't think I can do this. Like, look at me, I'm at home, sick pay, whatever it is. And I think I'm like, I was at Waitrose then. And I'm just like, what's money? <laughs> the money, it wasn't anything because I couldn't use it. I couldn't, um, I couldn't enjoy it. I couldn't do anything. All I could do, that was just to buy essentials to make sure that I maintained and survived for another month. And I'm like, wow, all this time I've been thinking that I wanted to work just so that I can have enough money and I can be happy. And here I am with little money and still not happy. I want to share my my story and my journey. So when my illness and all that was happening, like obviously I put on weight, the first thing people would be like, oh, are you pregnant? Oh, mm -hmm. are you this? And I'm like, are you okay? Like not even, mm -hmm. where's the answer to the question? Are you okay? How are you? And that's when I'm like, okay, we need to shake this up. That people need to really have in-depth conversation. People are so ready for gossip, so ready for, I don't know, trying to figure out someone else's life instead of actually realizing, right, she's gone missing. She's not well. Do not like she's gone missing. Cool, she's putting a lot of weight. Instead of just to be like, how are you? Are you okay? Why was that a thing? Do you know what I mean? Why does it have to be something? Even if I was this weight, I could have just been like it because I wanted to. Why did it have to be a problem? That's when I was like, okay, this black community, we need to be educating y'all. <laughs> we need to be on learning stuff. And that's when I said that I wanted to create my talk show, Talks with Monica Lee, where we can have conversations with our community to debunk 
certain concepts, these misconceptions, um, taboo. I wanted to like be able to reach out to taboo subjects. And um, I wanted to share my story about my health, but I didn't want it to be a sob story. So I had to figure out a way where I could be respected in what I'm doing. And pe I'm not doing it for, look at me guys, I went through this, ha <laughs> ha, like pity me. I want it to be more like, even though I've got certain complex things that's going on in my life or certain disabilities, it's not going to stop me from pursuing my career, but I'm gonna take the steps I need to take. We're gonna get there and then we can reflect on my journey. But for now, um, let's just have conversations. And that was like four years, five years ago, six years ago. And people are like, why are you doing talks? Like, why are you having talks? You know how many talks there is now? I got brushed. Like, I don't even mm. know if people use brush anymore. That's how you know I'm old. <laughs> but I got cussed like, yeah, but what's this having conversations? Like, what are you trying to do? I was like, I'm not trying to change the world. But if one person's mind can be altered or one person's mind can be maybe um, be able to see a different perspective or be in a room that's not your brethren's. Because let's be real, majority of the people you have conversations with, your people, them, it's because you're connected because they're like-minded. Mm. You ain't going to go out there and be chatting to someone that has such a mad wayward thoughts or, do you know what I mean? There's yeah. some connection. I was like, let me bring you all in a room. Let's have a conversation. Um, let's talk about life. And if you don't agree, we're going to do it here. Do you know what I mean? You all got Twitter fingers. You all, you all want to do too much. Let's, let me create that space and let me make sure it's safe. Um, and that's where kind of the hosted element came in. But then when I was doing that, I realized that people weren't respecting my thing because they're like, but who are you? Why should we listen to you? What are you trying to tell us? Like, and I'm like, we're just trying to have a conversation. So I think on that show, I had Miss Banks, I had CBiz. There was a couple few people. Mm. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. So I need to get big names now so that people can yeah. clock. And even back then, like Miss Banks was up and coming. CBiz just dropped his track. Um, ER, you know them ones there. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it was a peak times, but I just felt they weren't respecting my thing. So I had to go back to the drawing board and I had to build myself i had to build a community and i had to ensure find a make sure that my community believed in me like why should i listen to you well because i do this and i've done this and i continue to do this that is why you should kind of maybe believe in what i'm doing um and i had to stop doing talks with monica lee for a bit so i can start from the grass mm. route coming up so presenting wasn't my end all and be all it was just just okay. coming to my space man like an avenue, just you. Yeah, to... just so we can have conversations. Yeah. And then when I realised they weren't respecting my thing, I said, okay, let's stop the conversations. Let me go to Jamaica. Let me find Beanie Man. Let me find Massacre. Let me, do you know what I mean? Let me create my own platform and show you lot that me, like, mediating a conversation is worth it. And here we are. Uh, that's, that's, you know, there's so much. Yeah, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> <laughs> and I can talk a lot. Uh, Stop me when I'm. Nah, no, it's cool. No, no, I love hearing that, man. There's so much like I can take away from that. And there's like a million different directions. Yeah. Talking, I'm like, hmm, go here, we can go here. Yeah, it's mad. There's so much there. And you talk, you went to Jamaica. I was watching some of your interviews actually before um, today. And I saw on your channel from like six years ago. You've yeah, been with a few Jamaican artists like Dex Adapts. So. Yeah, I had to do my... <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> I see Dex Adapts. I see, oh, who else was there? I watched a couple of them. Yeah. I watched a few of them. I didn't um, know what I was doing then. I'll be so... 
had no clue. Sometimes you just got to blag it yeah. a bit, man. Like, you just got to do it. Fake it till like, you make it. I believe in that. There's plenty of people out there faking it. Or something, when you spoke about with you, yeah, like when you're going through after university and you you felt ill and yeah. you put on weight and people are like gossiping, chatting, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. My thing is that sometimes people could be having the worst yeah. time ever. Like someone could be going through the maddest shit yeah. in their life, yeah? And oftentimes, if they don't say anything, you're not going to know, man. Yeah. I think you always got to approach people with a level of empathy. Yeah. Because you literally do not know what's going on in someone's life. Like, you could know someone and, you know, like, you, you never know. If someone's never told you they're going through yeah. something, chances are they, they are, they just don't talk about it. Not exactly. everybody wants to talk about what they're going through. Um, which is why, is, you know, all this, this gossiping thing and all of that, um, I'm not a massive fan of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I do believe we have to approach you with all level empathy. You don't know. And everybody has their own story exactly. as well. Everybody has a story. Like, as I'm talking to you, I didn't know all of the different facets to your yeah. story. Like, I look into you and whatnot, but I didn't know that you've gone through what you've gone through before university, yeah. you know, family, and then after university, what you've gone through and beauty pageants and all of these <laughs> yeah. different things. Yeah, And you've got loads of different things and they've all weaved together yeah. in a way. And then you're here today. But then you've got your own story, mm. and then you've now you've created your platform, you know, to share and talk on certain mm-hmm. issues, and then from there, okay, cool. No one's reflecting my thing. Cool, let me go on. Yeah, let me, man, let me instead of cussing everyone, because normally it would be like, yeah, like, duh, 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 duh. So instead every, of cussing everyone, yeah. I'm just like, let me just prove myself. I think everybody's got a story, and that's yeah. what One Thousand Voices is about. Anyway, it was about just getting people to come share their story because I feel like uh, we, every, I think everybody has something to share that could inspire or help someone else even if it inspires it helps one other person because it's going to be some other young girl or young boy or something like that who it's a similar situation who may have grown up in Jamaica come up and then maybe they're going through what you went through in school or maybe they got some family stuff or some personal stuff going on they're going through that and then they'll listen to that and be like rah okay (laughs) we'll go for it mate (laughs) this life be laughing I'm not not by myself okay Mm -hmm. all right cool she done it I'm not by myself all right cool we can all do it let's move forward but that's sick man now thank you for sharing all that and um sharing it in such a vulnerable and authentic manner that's um, that's sick so you, you said you're to the host like that I keep just throwing everything into one word, but like the hosting sort of stuff started with the talks with Monica Lee. Talks with Monica Lee. Because I thought when I met you, maybe I'm a bit wrong. Maybe my timeline's a bit wrong because I can't remember when I met you. Mm-hmm. It was, I thought maybe six, seven years ago. Maybe it was a bit more recent, but five years, I would say minimum, mm-hmm. I would say. And I thought you were hosting then. Okay. Or maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe, I don't know, because I maybe I just remembered your name afterwards and saw your hosting or something. Cool. All right, then. Yeah, that I'll... could have been me, to be fair, because I was doing, like, very, like, I think I started off doing, like, pageant shows, like, hosting pageant shows, hosting, like, live music events. And obviously, that's where I was like, I need to build my rapport um, with my audience and also create some sort of consistency and visibility then. Um, but I think Talks of Monica Lee was first, or I even maybe had an idea of Talks of Monica Lee. I remember doing it in Croydon, a sh- small shisha lounge. Like I started years ago with that one, um, but it's been on and off since. So then I moved it to Box Park. So things have kind of happened in between. But Jamaica, yeah, I went to Jamaica during that time of yeah. Talks of Monica Lee. Cool. All right then. So what was the next step after Talks of Monica Lee? You've gone your you know, doing your own thing. Doing my own thing. So I went to Jamaica. I think it was during that time, if not before, after. I went to Jamaica because I'm like, okay, I need to build some confidence. I need to become visible. Back then, everyone was just obviously on YouTube. They still are now, but no one, I wasn't representing anyone's platform at that moment. So I went to an event called Brit Jam. 
So I'm a party, babes. I'm out here. I've been out here like 17. <laughs> mom will come with me. She'll stay in the hotel and I'll go partying. Like mom knows, isn't it? Yeah. I love my thing. Um, and then when I went there, that was like a good seven years ago, I think. I was like, where's content? Back then, branding wasn't a thing. Back then, um, having your own content, like you know how you have your thousand voices and you have your um, logos and stuff. That wasn't a thing back then. They might have the logo, but they would just apply it to maybe, for example, Sky would come and report what you're doing. They'll just dash their logo with the Sky instead of actually having their own cameraman and creating their own content so that they can be able to use at all times. So I was like to them, yo, like you look got a sick initiative. I think they had Drake one year. Like you lot are doing your thing in it. I was like, but you don't have a presenter. Like where's your personal presenter? Where's your host? Who's documenting your story? Um, why all these outside sources just taking your stuff and your bare guests that they're reporting it, but yet how are you going to keep on inviting other people and make more money? So he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good, that's a good settings, you know, <laughs> whatever I'm going guy from ends. I was like, I'm already coming in it. So I got my ticket. Just hook me off a cameraman. I'll even pay for my wristbands, hoping that my man will use sense and be like, no. He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me think about it. Um, He's like, wristbands, yeah, it's this amount. I was like, then I had to be like, nah, really? <laughs> like, you might make me pay for wristbands. Yeah. <laughs> We're not doing that. Um, and then in the end, I got it for free. And I think, I don't know, I had a meeting and it made sense. I was like, you're not paying me. Legit, just give me a mic and that. So done that, hooked up with a cameraman out there. Um, they had like Beanie Man, like you, you saw. They had Massacre, mm. they had Dexter Daps. There was loads of these Jamaican artists that n right now we even know about them. Back then, it was quite... Mm. Maybe small, small, but now big, big things. Mm -hmm. so, um, so I'm like, all right, cool. Okay, well, how am I going to do this? Because I don't know nothing. <laughs> Prepare me. Like you're waiting. I like, like, uh, my waiting. I'm like, oh, shit. All right, what do I do now? Now I've got a gig. <laughs> yeah. So I got there now, whatever. Um, and I was like, all right, I know how these Jamaican men stay. It's like, what is it? Is it a beach pipe? Got my bikini <laughs> on. I'm not ramping because, yeah, yeah. like, I know how their man, they move. Like, they're my people in it. Mm. So I need to at least... Hi, because I know there's ten thousand other um, journalists there. So how the hell are you gonna see me? Um, it's not everyday guys. Don't don't do what. But I was young in it. Like is what it is. That's as far <laughs> as it got. Do not worry. Um, so went then. I'm like hi. Like da 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 da. Obviously it's summertime, so everything I'm wearing is very appropriate for the time. Mm -hmm. And I saw Beanie Man, and everyone's trying to get in. I'm just like da 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 da. Like I'm with Brick Jam. The event that booked you. Um, then went to them, and just like how was your performance? It was just. Generic, like just how was the performance? Where it is? I remember the cameraman like instructed me, like, yeah, say this, say that, say mm -hmm. this, and that was it really. And just having a conversation and holding the vibes, and and then I was like, okay, all right, come back to England. Message a guy like Ra, like, can I have the content? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my man ghosted me. Mm. The plan was for you to pay for the content and share it with me. Nothing. So back then, two hundred pounds. I think everything came up to like nearly a thousand. A thousand pounds was a lot of money. Mm. I worked my ass off in Waitrose at least five days a week because then the cameraman was like, you know what, just send me money in it, Western Union that, and we'll do it in pieces. We'll do like a little favor for you. So for this episode, I think he was charging me quite a bit if I think about it now. Um, and that's how I got my content. If I didn't say, if I didn't build that connect with that camera guy if I didn't contact him or have that conversation and kept it real with him, I wouldn't have been able to get all of that. And a lot of times things like that happen. You do a job and sometimes the job doesn't become fruitful. But I couldn't make you lot see my Insta stories and nothing came through. So I got all the information and I just dashed it on my YouTube. 
Um, and that's where I was, like, just posting on Instagram, go look at my interview on YouTube, blah, blah, blah. And um, Link Up TV happened after. So it's like the right person was watching. No, I had to interview. Right person, what? But, but they, they, did they holler at you? or No, I had to interview. I had to go and okay. do an audition, sorry. I had to do an audition for Link Up. So I saw on Twitter, like, Link Up TV looking for new presenters. And my cousin called me, like, you're going to do that? I said, nah. Man just interviewed Bean him out. Called, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing no audition. She looked at me. She's like, what are you doing? Like, sort yourself out. I said, okay. So I humbled myself. And I went down, sort of queue mad long. Um... And I don't know, I've done it. Um, I got the job. I don't know, I was bare surprised. I got in the end. And what was I doing? I was bare gas. I was so happy. Um, and then I started off doing street quizzes. Right. So that's how I started to get into that. So I started, done a few episodes. Like I had a few episodes with street quiz. Then I had a few stuff with carnival. So I started going around that. That was hitting. Like... Mm, a good mm. million, I think that was, that was some good, good, good hits. Yeah. But I'm like, but it's not mine. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, it's amazing. Yeah. But I'm yeah. like, okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as you're talking with the, the Brit Jam in Jamaica, yeah. Know, what's quite interesting about that is like, you're, you're going out there, you're, and there's loads of journalists. Yeah. You're, you're having to like hustle and bustle hustle. to get people's attention. And I feel like to do something like that, because you're really putting yourself out yeah. there. Now, you're, you've gone back home. Yeah. yeah. It's much easier just to stay in waitrose yep. and do stuff like that. But you're really putting yourself out there. And I think it takes like a certain type of mentality or person yeah. it's kind of it's hustling hardcore yeah, hustling hustle, man i've been hustling like, from young bro <laughs> like that's where would you say all of that where, where would that kind of mentality that kind of my mom man my mom is a mm. hustler for real for real and obviously like i spoke about my journey i was homeless lost everything like we had to keep it moving do you know what i mean i saw my mom bounce back we had to we had to keep fighting there was no other option so for me no is just a word for me I'll find a way to get what I need to get. That's just one door that's closed, but I'll climb into that window. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just I just don't feel like anyone could tell me how my life is going to pan out. I need to be in control. I need to be in the driving um, wheel. So even if he said no, I would have been like, all right, cool, I'm going to pay for my ticket. I would have done whatever I needed to do to make sure that I was in that room. Um, mm. And sometimes you just have to compromise certain things in it. But yeah, yeah my mum, Defo, she's, she's on it still. And I've got my dad's energy. My dad's on it. Like, yeah. he's active. Yes. So, <laughs> I've got his energy. My mum's hustling mentality. No one can stop me. Nice. Big up, big up. Yeah, uh, man. Big ups to them. Let me ask you about imposter, imposter syndrome, oh, yeah? gosh. All right. So, I saw this stat, yeah? Didn't read it. I read it a couple of days ago. It was taken from some next website. I can't remember. I don't know how big the sample size mm -hmm. is. But the stat is 92% of women admit that they suffer from imposter syndrome. Yep. Would you say that... Do you suffer from imposter syndrome? Have you suffered from it? I used to use that word imposter syndrome a lot. I even I even done a clubhouse, <laughs> clubhouse, um, <laughs> talk to Monica Lee about imposter syndrome. And I was talking to my therapist because <laughs> as life goes on, I'm telling you, invest. I invest mm. in the therapist. And I was like, yeah, I've got imposter syndrome. She's like, what are you talking about? Like, why are you finding a way to just chicken out and not believe in yourself? Do you know what syndrome is? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, no, go and research it. She's mm. like, you do not have a syndrome. Like, you don't. You are just putting attaching titles onto your name to maybe give you an excuse not to do what you need to do. You can do it. Do you know what I mean? And I think she literally spun my mind. And I was like, it's not impossible. I don't have imposter. There might be days where I feel demotivated, yes. There might be a lack of confidence sometimes if I feel like things are not moving the way I want to move. But at the end of the day, 
I know what I need to do and what I have to do. So I try not to attach labels on myself to give myself excuses for not mm. doing what I need to do. Just call it procrastination. I'm procrastinating. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah. call it... Um, there's other ways and other words I can use, but diagnosing myself with something that we know, like, do you know what I mean? Mm, mm. It's not putting me in the right mind frame. So I've tried to stop using certain words because language and language the power of your voice is very powerful. So I've stopped. I used to say, yeah, I've got imposter syndrome. But no, I was just lazy, man. I was just, yeah. I was just vexed at the world. Like, yeah, yeah. I hate you guys because I don't have money today. Or, do you know what I mean? Like just yeah. something. Um, but I do have down days. And when I do have those days, I just allow it to happen. Just allow it to happen. Just like in a sense where I ride it out. Like I have a down day, why I'm sad. It's okay to be sad. I'm human. I should feel different emotions. So why? It's like you don't try and fight it in a sense. Not anymore. I used to try and fight like I'm gonna get up. Then I end up in a club. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, then I end up where I don't need to be because I'm trying to distract myself. So now I try to just feel it like, I'm sad today, I'm gonna to put on Netflix and I'm gonna stay home, I'm gonna stay in my beds. I feel, I don't know, I just try to ride it out as much as I can. And that's for me personally, I can't, like it's not a universal thing. Like if you're listening now, this is what you do. We're all very different, we're all humans, we're very different and our mind is wired very different. Um, but we all have mental health challenges. We all have mental health, I believe. Mm. So you have to find the right way in order to make sure that you operate to the best of your ability. So for me, invested in therapy. For me, I took step away and just try and just go through the motions. Um, good days, bad days. I have great network of friends. I've got people that I can talk to and I just try and navigate like that. The way, what I got from that, with you just sort of like just being in it. Yeah. Sort of like being honest with yourself yeah. in a sense and not trying to fight it just like keep it real with yourself I'm not feeling great today yeah not I'm not great but I'm not feeling great because yeah. language is important yeah. as well I'm not feeling great cool and just going to be honest with yourself and you know ride with it I'm right and don't need to be dishonest with yourself and fight fight it yeah I used to lie to myself do you know what I mean and then those things come out in different ways like how are you today I'm fine no I'm not fine do you know what I mean like I'm just trying not to live a lie um, I want to be more honest with myself. And if I'm not honest with myself, how can I be honest with other people? So that is my journey that I'm on now because I had to hide so much of my past to the point where I just enjoyed hiding things. So I'm like, no, you need to let it go yeah. and just work on it. Big up my therapist, man. She's helped me. Shout out, shout out to the therapist. <laughs> shout out. So let's talk. Yeah, so I see in your Twitter, mm -hmm. and it's interesting. I didn't know you worked at Waitrose. I still work there, man. Got my shift on Sunday. Okay. <laughs> but then it's like things are sort of, sort of going like 360 in a sense. Mm -hmm. Because then I saw you done like a directing kind of advert. Yes, how did, I that did. how did that come about? Just before COVID. Hmm. So I'm very transparent at work with what I do. At the beginning, I used to kind of hide it because I was like, oh, if they know what I'm doing, they're going to think I'm not interested anymore. And if they know what I'm doing outside, if things are conflicted, if I call in sick, it's peak. I was just on my head. <laughs> yeah. You know how it gets, in it? Yeah, yeah. Because um, that was important. And then, I don't know, I've been there for like 12 years, 13 years. And I just, like I said, I just started trusting myself and trusting the process. So I was like to my manager, like, this is what I do. I think she started following me. Then I blocked her. Then we followed each other again. <laughs> yeah. You know, the drama. Yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, this is what I do. And I think there was just like an internal thing going around where they're like, oh, um, does anyone know of any creatives that work in a partnership? My manager's like, oh my gosh, you'd be amazing for this. Do you want to put you forward? And 
I was like, oh, directing, producing. Like, okay, cool. And then when I got in the room, I realized no one knew what they were doing. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to take control. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know the ones there. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it just progressed. And then when someone saw that, they were like, oh, we really want you involved. Then it's just word of mouth in it. I always say, if you put yourself in a room um, where people can appreciate your art and see your art, trust me, at least one person mm. or someone that knows someone that knows someone will be able to kind of maybe help you. So at one point before COVID, I was like proper heavily in like Waitrose and I think I'd done a few things with the director, Sharon. Um, oh, she runs yeah, a whole yeah. of like Johnny's. Yeah, yeah, she runs yeah. a boss. Sharon met her. Yeah, Sharon White. Yeah. Boss. I know her name. I haven't met her. Oh, yeah. I'll show you a picture later. <laughs> so, do you know what I mean? Like Sharon White yeah. is amazing. I think we've done like a Black History Month, the first ever celebration and the partnership's been going on for over 150 years. And mm. do you know what I mean? We've done a celebration, Oxford Circus and Sharon White came down, first black woman, um, Jamaican zup zup, had to put in there small, small. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I don't know. We're just having conversation and I don't know, someone else will be like, I saw you on this video. The network's small, isn't it? So everyone just kind of shared and connected me. But it was definitely through my manager. She put in a good word for me. In your career, your with your creative side of things, yeah. all the hosting, etc. What would you say has been your proudest moment there? Oh gosh, must be my proudest moment. I think there's been so many amazing moments, but I think for me, it's less about the moments, but the momentum that I'm creating, if that makes sense, yeah. that I'm still here. Like, and I still, like, my route hasn't been conventional and I don't think it'll ever be. <laughs> like, but um, for me, it's like when young women come up to me, like, yo, like, Monica, like, you inspired me to do this or I saw you on that. Um, yeah, it's just a whole journey because there's a thing as creatives, yeah? When you do one job that you always wanted to do, you feel like, okay, so what's the next level? And we're key point, we're always trying to find the next high or the next peak and I do have a little mini book of my achievements. I think I've got about 150. So congrats. last year, September, thank you. Last year, September, I bought a little book. No, it was meant to be a notebook, journal, but it came out bare small. So I said, what am I going to do with that little thing? Like, yeah. I think it's what, like, like A5 or A6, then proper small ones. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to use this book for? But I paid Etsy and Etsy ain't cheap in it. So <laughs> <laughs> the, the yeah. postal, we're going to yeah. figure it out. And then I started writing down my achievements. Um, and to be able to sit here and be like, I have over 150 achievements, and that's in the span of a year, for me, that's 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 amazing. That is. That's amazing. So, nah, man, everything's been great. That's that's amazing. It's practicing gratitude as well, which I think is very yes. important. Very. <sighs> I think like sometimes I could talk for myself here. Yeah. Like you get to a certain stage in your life, and you start thinking like, now, thinking, oh, I'd love to have more money. I'd love yeah. to have more this. I'd love to have more of that. I look back three years ago, two yeah. years ago, I'm like, mate, if I was to say to myself, I'd be here, I would be over the moon. Yeah. So you've got to be grateful, man. Practice that gratitude um, with where you, you know, with what you've achieved and where you are in life, I think. Otherwise, you're always going to be looking, looking. Yeah. It's like J. Cole says in Love Yours. Yeah. Always going to be someone with a bigger car, bigger yeah. this, bigger that, blah, blah, blah. Be happy. Love yours. Exactly. Um, I think one thing I can say, it's not a proud, like one of the moments that I'm proud that I was able to do is to learn how to DJ learn a new skill. Mm. Sick. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, who's like two years within lockdown is going to be like, oh yeah, let me learn how to do something new. Especially sometimes you can be very tunnel vision. Then yeah. I went on tour with Any because I took DJ for Any and we was on tour all summer this year and just to be on stage at Glasto. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I never knew that that was an avenue. 
mm. because my mind just never went there. And I'm thankful for an amazing manager that opened my views and said, you know what, you can take many roads to get to where you need to get to. It doesn't have to be so linear. Um, so yeah, learning a new skill. What would you say has been one of a, a major challenge that you've either had somewhere along your journey or a challenge you've been having along yeah. your journey and how, how have you been overcoming it? DJing? Like, yeah. not a soup, like, not a mad, challenge in a way where it's like, I'm used to speaking in it. I'm used to being at the front of the camera, at the front, like you're listening to me, rude boy. Mm. But being a DJ, it's like, and then DJing for an artist, it's not about me. And I really had to like, just humble my thing. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, it's about the artist and forming new relationships and building that relationship where the artist can trust me. And if anything goes wrong, it's me. Do you know what I mean? Like, as the DJ, like, I have to make sure I'm on job. And I think that was the first time in my life where I'm like, rah, you, man, are actually counting on me. And if my energy isn't right, that can mess up the artist's energy. Mm. And um, not just that, but if I'm not on job, it can throw everything off. So I had to learn humility again. I had to learn, you know, just um, just humbling myself and just enjoying a journey and just creating boundaries and like allowing them to trust me and building that trust and now like that's my girl like what you say yeah. do you know what i mean and now we're cool even if i do make a mistake my girl knows like it's okay to make mistakes but she also knows that like monica knows how to perform monica knows how to level up and so forth being on time not being late do you know what i mean yeah. i had to because the eyes they can do whatever but me like i'm here to work so even in places where you're going out, like Gloucester, you know, there's alcohol, there's music, there's vibe. It's like, now I'm going back to my room. Or mm. I'm not drinking, after discipline, I'm not drinking until I finish my set. Because mm. if I drink while something goes wrong, I'm at li it's a liability for me. Yeah. Like I can't do anything that's going to put me in a position where I have compromised anyone. Yeah. So I can't do all of that madness. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. After the show, I can have fun. Duh, 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 duh. I can't show my true, true, true character mm. at work because regardless if we're having fun, laughing, I'm working and I'm getting paid to do a job. So um, I had to keep on remembering that. All right. What gets you excited about life now? What gets me excited? What gets me excited? What gets me excited? People. Sorry, I love people. Um, the opportunities that have been coming through in my inboxes, my emails. There's a few amazing things coming up, coming up. Watch the space. Uh, watch the space, yeah. 2023, <laughs> baby. Um, just being able to be in good health. Me, I'm quite like in good health and um, can have fun. And you know what it is? You know what you're saying like, oh, more money, when you didn't have the money, you didn't have this, like, I can get up and do what I need to do. Like, I'm getting paid mm. to do something I love. Like, that keeps me going. And knowing that I've leveled up from maybe a hundred pound a show to wherever we are now, the show that is progress um, and people supporting me and showing love and showing the love loudly has defo helped me to remind me that there's a lot to experience. And once I've got life, I've got, I've got, I've got opportunities. So I'm out here. Nice. You seem like a very happy person. I am, you know, until you <laughs> piss me off. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? But... Like, what is my dad? Like, my dad's going to be 84 next week. Big up my dad. Um, and I'm like, dad, like, you're active. Like, my dad. Mm. And he's like, yeah, like, no stress. Like, don't make things stress you out too much. Stress is the cause of so many things. Um, if you don't bring love and peace into my life, then I'll just 
compartmentalize that one put you over t- do you know what i mean like mm. i don't have time indulging in things that doesn't make me better and i feel like with age with life experience um you just realize that there's so much things to be like to be happy for and i know where i've come from and i know what i've been through yeah i've just got to approach life the way that i want life to approach me and that's good vibes yeah. and happiness and good energy definitely bring the good vibes today yeah ma'am, yeah, ma'am. Right. i'm not stuck up you know <laughs> that's good i do have my moments but okay. <laughs> you got your good moments <laughs> got my good, i've got my great moments yeah. <laughs> all right and as we prepare to wrap up oh wow my last question for you what does the next chapter in your story look like oh i feel like the next chapter will be more storytelling transparency authenticity and I say all those things to say, I just want to keep it real and try. Like, I don't know if you've seen, like, I think I posted on TikTok the other day about me still working at Waitrose and me posting on my stories and whatever. Like, I just want to keep it real because I feel like this era right now, this highlight rule that we see on social media, it's putting people in holes that don't, they don't need to be in that black hole. So I just want to be a reminder that, you know, we can have things and it is maybe a grind or whatever it is but people are human we do have our challenges and I'm not going to just keep showing you the best parts of me because I'm not perfect and if I can do it and I do it within the public eye for you to see then I'm hoping with some like you relating or whatever it is it shows that you can also live your truth so it's all about just living my truth and having fun I want to be out here do you know what I mean I want to be on a yacht shaking cheeks so I'm just out here (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's, <laughs> it. that's perfect. And that, that's so important, man. That vulnerability and keeping it real. Kind yeah. of piece. People, a lot of people don't keep it real when it comes it's to social media. It's hard though. I get it. It's it's tough. I'm not, it's not a mad criticism, yeah. but then it's it's tough. When you're very public though, yeah. and you've got a lot of people looking towards you and you only show one side of your life. Yeah. I get it. Not everybody wants to be vulnerable in yes. public, but at the same time, people look at that and think, wow, this person's got life one, yeah. completed, yeah. done. Nothing going wrong for them. And it kind of creates a lot of unrealistic expectations as to what, you know, what we should be like. Exactly. What life should look like. Uh, but that's not the case. And uh, I think it's really sick that yeah. you keep it real. I'm trying. No. Obviously, I might get to a point like Beyonce. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. like, my life is like in the next how many years is to not be on social media. Like to be able to work, do what I'm doing. And social media is just where I just dump like have yeah. fun you yeah. know what I mean like that's where I'm leading to but we all have a journey and we all have um, stairs to climb so for now but yeah life there's a lot that goes on in life without social media so we'll get there that's it alright perfect thank you so much oh Once thank again, you for coming on, lovely conversation amazing uh, thank you for coming you'll be on, digging man. deep yeah yeah we try we try a thousand voices oh, no, I love no, that so how many yeah. what's, what number are you on now uh, we've released oh, I should know this off the top of my head shouldn't I you should we released 30, episode 36 today amazing as of when this comes out I don't know okay. it'll probably be about 40-ish I don't know I love that I'll let you know though but you just gotta figure out order and that kind of thing but exciting yeah 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 so thank you for coming on thank once you once again thank, thank you thank you for having me uh, before we wrap up have you got any last words and also if people want to keep up to date with you and okay. what you're doing how can they do so so yeah follow me on Instagram um, yeah. Monica Lee K-A-H-L-E-E I'm on Twitter I'm trying to do this TikTok thing but Gen Z's you lot are beating my ass <laughs> y'all beating my ass but I'm going to keep trying I think tomorrow and Thursday I'm going to try and upload and TikTok I've got better stuff to do um 
And yeah, just follow my journey. Just live in your truth. Keep it real. Just do what makes you happy. Life is way too short to have anyone stressing you. So don't be stressed, you know? So that's it, really. Good vibes. Nice one. Thank you. Good vibes. Thank Good you. vibes. Check her out. Monica Lee with a K-A-H. Yes. Yeah, yeah, def- definitely check her out, man. And yeah, thank you for coming to the podcast once again. For everybody listening, if you haven't already, please do subscribe wherever you're listening to this right now. Like on whatever platform you're listening to this on. Leave us a rating, a review if you're listening to this on the audio podcast. Anything you can do, basically. It really, really does help with us trying to expand our reach and amplify the voices of these amazing people that we get on the podcast. So please do leave us a review and share and subscribe and all that kind of stuff there. But that's that for now. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Thank you for coming to the podcast, Monica. You're welcome. Thanks for this having me. This is 1000 Voices. We had the lovely Monica Lee on the podcast. Hey. And for now, we're out. Lovely. Cool.